Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And before I dive into this word, I would just like to say a, a prayer to Jesus. And, and I thank the Lord that he came here today in this room. Amen. The Lord has entered into this place today. So if we could, let's bow our heads. Dear Lord Jesus, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you saw fit, Lord, to come here today and be with us. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that, that Lord, you look over our mistakes and you look over, Lord, our flaws, Lord, <clears throat> all of our imperfections, Lord. And, Lord, you, you see us as your children, Lord, your people, Lord, and, and you come and sup with us. Lord Jesus, I pray that this word that you have for us today, Lord, would dive deeply into our hearts. Lord, I pray against any depression, any doubt. Lord, I pray that in the name of Jesus today, Lord, that you would meet the needs, Lord, to erase all of the hurt and the pain, Lord, that's been caused upon your people. Jesus, I pray that your glory would manifest itself in this house today. In Jesus Christ's name, and everybody said, Amen, amen. So if you got your Bibles, if you would, turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 7. Luke, chapter 7. Like I tell my youth group, if you ain't got a Bible, pull out the phone. We got to read something. And if you don't have that, look with your neighbor. Amen. When you get there, let me hear you say amen. All right. Everybody there? Okay. So Luke chapter 7, verse 36. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. And listen, if my voice starts cracking, I don't care if you laugh, all right? <sighs> you can giggle and laugh. I'm totally fine with that. Um, I yell a lot, as y'all can tell. So, so cha Luke chapter 7, verse 36. We're going to start. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. Who is him? The Pharisees desired him. Who is him? Jesus, okay? So one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went down into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a... When she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself saying, this man if he were a prophet would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him. For she is a... And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one had 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which one of them will love him most? 
And Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and, and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, hath not, what? What's that word? Ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint. But this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. Somebody give Jesus a hand clap of praise. You can have your seats. Amen. My phone is dead. So that means Brother Pat's flying this morning with no notes. Amen. I promise not to hold you here for a long time. I know we have plans this morning. Um, people have to go eat and other things. I know y'all sitting there like, yeah, right, Brother Pat. We know you're long-winded. But I, I, I simply just feel in my spirit. Um, about, what was it, three months ago, I had Coley and Austin were going to do this skit for me. <laughs> and it was like the Sunday of, we were trying to prepare to do this skit to this message. And, uh, man, they were all in, Coley and Austin, amen. And they were dressed up. They were ready to get it done. And uh, I told them, I was like, okay, we're going to do this skit. I was going to preach this word months ago. I was like, we're going to do this skit. I'm going to preach this word. About that time, Amber was singing, and uh, the Holy Ghost started moving. And I was up here with the microphone, and I looked, and I seen Coley and Austin over there in the door waiting to come in. And I'm like, oh, Lord. Because I felt the Holy Ghost saying, y'all, you ain't preaching today. I felt it in me, and I was like, ah. Oh. I felt the glory getting strong. I just looked at Coley and Austin. I went and put the microphone down, just went down, started praying. I was like, all right, guys, maybe, maybe they'll get it. The whole time they were out there waiting. But I, I want to thank you guys for doing that for me that day. And, and I want to thank the Holy Ghost. Amen. How many knows that he's the best preacher there is? Hallelujah. Come on. When Jesus begins to minister to you, that, that's all we need, right? Us ministers, we're just vessels. All we are are watering pots, as Miss Deborah called it one time. All we are, y'all, is a vessel, a body, amen, that allows the Spirit of God to take us over and speak through us, amen? Now listen to me. Every house has a soul in it. Amen? Every house can have a guest in it. It's very important that you have the right guest in your house. Come on. Now listen to this. It's also very important on what you do when the guest enters into your house. Jesus can be one guest, the Holy Spirit. Satan and demons the other. Why do I say this? I say this because sin is just as legit 
as the SEC championship yesterday. Amen? Hell is just as real as heaven is also. And when I say that quote, I always get very excited. Because hell is real. It does burn. It, it, it is the wrath. It is pain. It is torment. But when I, when I hear that, people always tell me, hell is real. Hell is real. Yes, it is. But when I think about that, I think about in the book of John when Jesus looked upon his disciples and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if sin is the route to hell, there's got to be a route to heaven. Amen. And me as a person, the deciding factor or valuable or variable, whatever you want to call it, has to have a way to either one. Amen. I know this is very fundamental. Hallelujah. But let me tell you something. When you begin to speak about Jesus and lift up his name, the Bible says, if I be lifted up, if Jesus be lifted up, he said, I will draw all men unto me. Amen. I believe that we've complicated the gospel. Hallelujah. I believe that if we would stick to Jesus, amen, stick, come on somebody, if we would stick to the script, hallelujah, my friend, you can't now give God, give a million dollars, but if you don't have Jesus, you're voided and vanity and empty. Come on. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. But there's a lot of people nowadays working without faith. Being a good person is great. But being a good person will not help us inherit the kingdom of God. I'm pretty sure that the Pharisee in this story was probably a good person. He was probably rich. He probably did look down on the poor. He probably did look down on the broken. But he probably followed the Torah or whatever it was called back then. He probably followed Moses' laws. He probably followed the religious values that was set into place back then. But there was one simple thing that separated the Pharisee and Simon Peter, one of Jesus' what? Disciples. And a woman that was a what? Sinner. At the time that she walked into this room, she was filthy. She was full of sin. The Bible even says that she had many infirmities and many devils. Seven at least. Bound. Covered in sin. And here is one of Jesus' disciples. I know y'all say, well, Jesus called Peter the devil. Peter has some issues, amen, but he still followed the Lord. Hallelujah. How many knows we may have some issues, but I'm going to still follow Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. What I love about Peter the most is he denied Jesus, and Jesus still didn't give up on him. Come on. This woman who is full of sin begins to walk into the room. 
And you know what? I think at this point, she knew that she could be facing death. She's walking into a, a house with a Pharisee. She's walking into the house with Jesus Christ, the Messiah. She's walking into a house with all of his disciples. Peter had a sword. He was quick to cut her ear off. She might have even lost the ear if she wasn't careful. Amen. She's walking into this house, and she may have a little fear or afraidness in her. But let me tell you something. When you get to the point that you're so broken, when you get to the point that drugs has taken your body over so much, when you get to the point that you're puking every single morning that you wake up, when you get to the point that you put a 9 millimeter to your head and tried to pull the trigger and it clicked so many times, when you get to the point that the, the, the judge was saying that the Bible isn't real and that divorce was the option, there's only one way that you can go and wherever Jesus is that's the house that you got to go to see this woman she had been oppressed by devils for many years Mary Magdalene the same woman that washed his feet was locked in a room by herself throwing items and cutting on herself and and just constantly just the demons in her would manifest and and they would just begin to make her hurt other people and and even herself the pharisees couldn't help her huh. oh hallelujah the witch doctors couldn't help her come on the physicians couldn't help her Not even the disciples tried to help her. But when she kicked the door open, when she opened the door, there was many around. Judas, Peter, Matthew, they were all around. And I don't believe that she's seen any of them. I believe that when she beheld the Son of God, if I can just get to his feet, if I can just get to his feet, I don't care what happens to me at his feet. They can chop my head off. But if I can just get to his feet. Listen to me. There wasn't no King James Version back then. Amen. So in order for the word of God to penetrate your heart and to be drawn, what does the Bible say? That we are drawn to the Father by the what? Holy Spirit. 
There was no preacher convincing Mary Magdalene at this time. Mary, come to Jesus. Mary, he'll give you everything you need. That wasn't going on at this time. At this time, the only thing that was drawing Mary Magdalene to Jesus was the fact that when she looked at him in her heart, she knew there is my freedom. There is my breakthrough. There is my deliverance. There is my provision. You wonder why you pray and pray and nothing happens. Have you been to the feet of Jesus? Every beautiful thing in the Bible happened at his feet. The man that was full of leprosy, he couldn't walk. Guess where he was? At his feet. The woman that crawled up to him and touched his hem, guess where it was? The girl that was laying dead, guess where she was? Everything that happened beautifully in the Bible. Every miracle, every breakthrough, every promise, every single thing that happened with Jesus Christ, every miracle, every beautiful miracle was almost pretty much at his feet. So then you got to ask yourself this question. Okay, Brother Pat, I know the way to my freedom is at his feet. But what do I do when I get to his feet? Listen to me. What did the Bible say? She was carrying what? A box of what? Alabaster ointment, right? To Mary, this alabaster ointment that she was carrying was not just the strongest perfume. It was her offering. She wondered unto herself, what do I need to take to him? And in her heart, she felt like this alabaster, one of the most precious ointments. Let me tell you something. Do you realize that alabaster was one of the most expensive ointments back in the day? Hallelujah. So let me tell you, when it comes to giving $20 and you're only feeling 10 in your heart, amen, the $20 and the $10 and the $5, the dollars don't matter when it comes to eternity. We don't give out of money. We give because you're worthy. Guess what? If you don't have money to give, I've seen people put, <laughs> I ain't never seen this, but I'm just fit. Some of y'all country boys take that case knife that you really love. <laughs> Here you go, pastor. I clean every deer with this case knife. Just take it. Whatever you treasure in your heart. Pastor got up earlier and he was talking about the price of what is forgiven. I was over there bumping Hunter. Hunter, just watch. Just watch. In the Bible, what we just read, it said there was two debtors. What does it mean when you're a debtor? You owe something. These two debtors owed money. Look, there was a certain creditor. 
What is a creditor? What does he do? He loans, gives, which had two debtors. The one 500 pence. He owed him 500. The other 50. He owed him 50. And when they had what? Nothing. He still forgave them. Let me tell you something. We will never have anything that can amount to the blood of Christ upon the cross. God knew that we could never measure up to what happened on the cross. That's why he put him there. Because Satan had no argument. Well, Lord, they can give you their donkey. No, they can't. Only my son can pay this price. Satan had no argument. These two had nothing. But yet, he still forgave them. Listen to me. There is nothing in this life that we can do as human beings to pay off of our sins. I was praying and I was saying, Lord, what do I need to speak about? And the Lord told me this. He said, Patrick, your response is everything. See, there was a unanimous decision, oh, come on, that occurred. How many knows what unanimous means? When you see two boxers fighting and neither one of them knocks them out, right? It comes down to decision. Satan was standing there thinking that he had every one of us in this church bound for hell, covered in sin, bound in chains, bound in depression. And God, I'm pretty sure God looked at him and said, boy, as we say back when I was in the church, bye, Felicia. Come on. See, I got a, mm. see, I got a unanimous decision. There was no other choice. I don't believe God thought twice about it. The Bible says that he sent, listen to me, he didn't ask, he didn't debate, he didn't argue. Jesus, his son, God made in flesh. The Bible says that God sent Jesus. He looked at him and he said, go, go. Jesus didn't argue. He went. That is the unanimous decision. There's no argument. There's no debate. The unanimous decision is that the blood of Christ outweighs every sin of mankind. You can smoke a joint, the blood outweighs it. You can hate your neighbor, the blood outweighs it. You can get drunk on Friday if you receive the blood on Sunday. The blood outweighs the sin. That is why your response is everything. Do y'all know that we spend way too much time arguing with the devil? Come on. I heard my mama tell me this one time. Patrick, why are you even giving that punk credit? 
Y'all know we give him too much credit? As soon as my tire goes flat. Oh, man, it's an attack of the enemy. As soon as we get a stomach virus. Oh, man, I'm in warfare. Man, forget that. There's a response that we have that is greater than any attack that the devil can bring. You know what that response is? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. For who the sun sets free is free indeed. Those who have come unto Christ, any weapon that is formed against them shall not prosper but meet defeat. Those who train their child up in the way of the Lord, they shall remember. It. I know my child is lost, but I trained them up, and the word of God says they'll remember. I know my auntie's got cancer. But the Bible says that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, we are healed. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by his stripes, I am healed. Bring it on, devil. I did say that. I know that's very dangerous. But why are we afraid? There's only one that we fear. The beginning of wisdom is what? Fear of the Lord. Not one time in the Bible does it say to fear Satan. Satan had Jesus upon a mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Telling him, Jesus, if you turn your back on God, I'll give you this kingdom. Jesus, if you turn your back on God, I'll give you this this throne. I'll give you this crown. Jesus continuously told him, no, don't you know that that angered Satan? Listen to me. Jesus was out without food for 40 days and 40 nights. Y'all don't think that he was dehydrated and throwing up? Oh, yeah. Y'all don't think he was a little dizzy? Y'all don't think he was a little drowsy? Oh, yeah, he was. But let me tell you, when the final straw comes, somebody say final straw. Hallelujah. That's when the rubber meets the road. Hallelujah. I talked to a mama not too long ago, and her baby was sick in the hospital. And she looked at me, and she said, Brother Pat, I couldn't take it. Oh, hallelujah. She said, I couldn't take it anymore. She looked at that baby, and she said, you coming up? And she looked at the devil, and she said, you're out of here. I ain't worried about you no more. Somebody ought to rejoice and say, my Jesus is greater. I was looking on on Facebook earlier, and there was a little baby. His name was Liam. Has anybody seen that video? There was a little baby. His name was Liam. He was a premature baby. He was dying. Y'all, I ain't going to lie, I was sitting there, and I was thinking, man, I don't know this child. And, and listen, hold on, y'all. <laughs> I'm a little hot. If I got sweat stains, just ignore it. Tell you I'm sorry. She washes clothes a lot. I was on Facebook, y'all, and I was looking at this baby, Liam. And I was like, all right, Lord, 
He's all the way across the world. And here we go. Amen. I'm sure there was millions of other praying. I'm not saying that my prayer did it. But I believe that if we knock on God's door enough times and there's enough of us, how many knows God has favor for his children? Come on. How many knows that? Yeah, he does. <laughs> and God's throne is big, way bigger than earth. I said, okay, God. And I'd sit in there and I just said, Lord Jesus, please heal this baby. And y'all, I ain't going to lie. I used to be one of the toughest men when I was in the streets. I don't think I cried since I was 10 years old when my grandpa died. When I got saved, it seems like I cry every five seconds. I just can't stop. I used to think that crying was a sign of weakness. If I cried in front of the drug dealer, he would rob me. I sat there and I prayed for this baby and I cried. And I remembered one thing that my mama told me. She said that, Patrick, every tear that you shed, God holds in a bottle. Let me tell you something. God's not going to keep something that he's not going to do something with. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. What do you think that rain is? The cries of God's children. Do it again. The prayers of God's children. Do it again. Long story short, y'all, I woke up this morning. I got on Facebook. Scrolling down Facebook. <laughs> there was baby Liam smiling. Eyes wide open. And the mama posted on Facebook. She said, we ain't going to be here much longer. We're coming out the hospital. And baby Liam is awake and alive and breathing well. That is Jesus. Somebody give him a hand clap of praise. Come on. A little offering of prayer. I'm pretty sure Liam's mama was scared. But Liam knew who God was. Well, I've heard this story before in testimonies. Well, Brother Pat, my child was sick. And my child didn't make it. When my granny died, when I was 17 years old, I was getting ready to play my last purple and white spring football game. It was going to be my first time starting at quarterback. I always played wide receiver. It was my first time going to start at quarterback. And I was putting my pads on, and one of my buddies came up to me, and he said, Patrick, he said, your dad is in the office. I walked in, and I immediately knew what it was. I knew my granny was in the hospital. My dad, there was no reason why he would be in the office because he would be waiting for the game outside. I dropped my helmet. I ran outside, and for the first time in my life, I asked God, why? How many has ever done that before? God, why? Listen to me. It's not a sin to ask. The Bible says, ask, knock, seek. 
It's not a sin to ask. Quit beating yourself up for asking God why. Amen. But we also don't need to question him to the point where our faith is weakened. Amen. We need to grow and get strong enough to the point where we no longer have to ask God why. Amen. Jesus said, let your will be done. Nevertheless. So quit beating yourself up over the past. And next time, just don't ask. Trust. But I did. I asked God why. I went home and I slept in my granny's bed that she would sleep with us in. And I held her purse and I cried for two days straight. I wouldn't eat anything. I was going to cry myself to death in her bed. My mom was praying and my mom was a very praying woman. And she went and prayed, and she finally was able to get me out of the bed and get me to eat something. And when I first got saved, I had a dream. And in the dream, my old beautiful granny, she was sitting on the church pew. I knew I was dreaming. I was like, for the first time I've seen her since she's died, she was in this dream. She was beautiful, y'all. She was glowing from head to toe. My granny, keep in mind, my granny never met Cito or Danielle Coon. I walked up to granny and my father, my stepfather-in-law, he was sitting beside me in the dream. And I said, hey, Scott. I said, there's my granny. And Scott, I guess, acted like he didn't know that she had died in the dream. So he was like, man, that's what's up. You got your granny to come to church? I said, Scott, my granny's dead. He said, whoa, (laughs) what? He was freaking out. He's like, oh, there's a dead woman in the church. I walked up to granny. I said, granny, what are you doing here? Who are you with? And she pointed at Danielle. She said, I'm with her. And I asked myself, I said, God, what does this mean? And God said, Patrick, at the time, You didn't understand why I took her. But Patrick, she was more ready to come to me than you were to want to keep her. Patrick, her whole life she had suffered. My granny suffered her whole life with diabetes, dementia, Alzheimer's. She grew up in the Great Depression. She never had anything. And for one time in her life, y'all, my granny didn't get it right until she was 80 years old. My granny didn't get saved until she was 80 like 75, it was, I think it was like 75. It was like a year or two, she got it right, a year or two before she died. My granny was the type like Medea, pulled a pistol out on you at the food mart. That's how my granny was, for real. My granny was at Hardy's drive-thru with one of my cousins, and one time and my granny yelled out the window, she said, hey, they're kidnapping me. <laughs> They've taken me hostage. Yeah. She wore a hat sideways, like be thugging. Like at the dinner table, like 70 years old, just straight thugging. Didn't care. Gold cane, just chilling, propped up. But at 70-something years old, we were sitting in church, and I watched a tear come down my granny's face. She made it right. Amen? 
So, y'all, I think that that was a message for us all to let us know that let's quit beating ourselves up over our lost loved ones. They're in the place that we all want to be at right now. Amen. Hallelujah. How selfish is it for us? Amen. And how many knows that one day we shall see them again? Amen. So with that being said, Mary Magdalene knew that in order for her to be free, she had to get to his feet. She had an alabaster box to offer Jesus. This is my question to you today. Do you have a need in your life? Now, I ain't, I ain't talking about a point of just saying, Brother Pat, I got it all together. I'm fine. I'm talking about do you have envy in your life that you know is there? How many knows that the first thing of being bound is denial? Come on. The main reason why a lot of us get bound in chains is because we deny the fact that there's an actual problem. The first, listen, I, I, I did a deliverance class myself one time. I really wanted to cast some demons out of folks. And how many knows it's okay to be excited to do the things of God? Amen. I know that sounds crazy. It's not by my power or my might, but by the Spirit of God. Amen. But how many knows that we got to have knowledge of what we're doing, Right? I did a deliverance class myself one time, and I asked God, I said, God, what is the first step to deliverance? He said, getting rid of denial. So the first step of deliverance is getting rid of denial. Mary Magdalene knew that she had a problem that she could no longer deal with. She knew that infirmities and devils was in her life. She could have been prissy and said, nah, I, I don't need none of that. I'll live with, I'll conquer these devils myself. I'll do all this myself. I'll priss myself up. I'll marry a great king and everything will be all right. No. She knew that the battle she was fighting could only win if it belonged to the Lord. Amen. The first step is getting rid of denial. So this is my question. Is there something in you that you need to be gone? Do you live for Jesus? Is Jesus in your heart? Maybe you're not dealing with envy. Maybe you're not dealing with sin. But maybe, just maybe, depression has come upon you a little bit over the past couple weeks. Just maybe doubt has been planting a seed in your mind over the past couple of weeks. Just maybe your whole life you've looked for something or someone to fill the void of emptiness and pain that has been sitting in your heart. Just maybe you have some issues going on that you're not going to tell anybody else about. But I've come to tell you this today. If you will take your problems and put it in your alabaster box and take it to the feet of Jesus, surely thy sins will be forgiven here's my question what's in the box what is in your box 
What can you put in the box? Today, what can you bring to Jesus that you don't want to leave out of here with anymore? Today, maybe you say, you know what, Brother Pat? At one time in my life, I gave my life to Jesus. And I let sin, and I let hatred, and I let pain, I let all of the addictions that used to torment me get back into my life. And Brother Pat, you know what? Today, I want to come back to the feet of Jesus, and I want to come back to where I'm comfortable at. How many knows that we say it's getting out of our comfort zone to go and do things for the Lord? But let me tell you something. You're never going to be more comfortable in your life than doing things for the Lord. Hallelujah. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Your life will never be fully happy until you come to the feet of Jesus. Well, you say, Brother Pat, you know what? I've came to the feet of Jesus. What did the Bible say? The Bible say that when Mary got down to his feet, she began to wash his feet with her tears, wipe them with her hair, and she never what? Seized. She never seized. Never. What does the Bible say? Pray without The devil's job isn't to cause pain while you're praying. The devil's job is to get you to stop praying. The devil's job is to get you to stop believing. The the devil's job is to get you to stop wanting more. If he can ever do that, he can shut you up and sit you down. Hallelujah. But let me tell you something. The Bible says that Mary was a sinner. Listen to me. I don't believe that in this day and in this hour, I believe that God is drawing all men unto him. But I believe in this day and in this hour, God is looking for those that owe 500 pence. Come on. I believe God is looking for the broken. I believe God is looking for the prostitutes. I believe God is looking for the game bangers. I believe God is looking for the drug dealers. I believe God is looking for those that lost their best friends. I believe God is looking for those that lost their grannies. I believe God is looking for those that has been so broken their whole life because he knows if I can bury a testimony on the inside of them, the Bible says that not even the gates of hell shall travail against the rock that is built by the church the church is built upon the rock you know why it's called the rock Jesus Christ the solid foundation how many round rocks have you ever seen do anything how many round rocks have you seen ever cut anybody nah I want a rock with some rough edges. I believe that the rock that David shot Goliath with had a little rough edges on it. I believe it had a little pointy end on it. Amen. I'm looking for those people that's been through some things in this life. I'm looking for those people that says, you know what, Brother Pat, I was abused and molested when I was 12 years old. And I can't seem to go to sleep because the pain is so strong on me. I'm looking for those people that saying, Brother Pat, I never knew my daddy. I never knew my mama. I don't know which way to go. 
the reason why I'm looking for you is because God has a purpose for you that is beyond the pain and the misery that you've been through. God has something for you that is greater than the 500 pence that you owe because you owed so much. God has so much for you. For when much is forgiven, much is required. There's more for you than sitting in a chair. There's more for you. There's more for you. God has more. More than farming. More than policing. More than teaching. There is lost souls out there dying in misery every single day and if you can just get a hold to one of them listen to me one soul is greater than a million dollars one soul is greater than a brand new ferrari one soul is greater than a designer shirt one soul is the best thing that you can offer unto jesus and that soul is yours Take this life. There's a song that says, I give myself away. I can't sing too good, okay? But it says, I give myself away. Let me tell you something about the kingdom. When one is stacked, what did God do? Sevenfold. For every person, everything that you give unto God, God will add seven to it. Every time you do something for God, and I'm not talking about seven coming into our hands. I'm talking about seven going into the kingdom. I'm talking about, you know what? There's a crown that I can lay at the feet of Jesus. How many knows that we're not looking for the crown to lay upon our head? We're looking for the crown so I can lay it at the feet of the king. How many knows there's going to be no better feeling in heaven than taking something that is valuable, the same exact crown that's been given unto you and giving it back to the king of kings i know you gave this to me but you deserve it you can have it all what's in the box how many sick and tired of being sick and tired worship team if y'all would come 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 on how many sick and tired of being sick and tired come on can we raise our hand? Let's raise our hands like we do in youth group. How many sick and tired of being sick and tired? Amen? How many is ready to smile for the first time maybe in two or three days? How many wants more, more, and more, more, and more, and more, again, and again, and again? 
as I seen Brandon down here with his daughter and I heard those words again and again and again, I thought about when I was a kid and the Lord had gave me an encounter with him and, and I was hearing again and again and the Lord was telling me that all the encounters that you and Tiffany has experienced, they're going to fall upon your children because God's going to do them again and again and again. How many can say that an encounter that you had in your childhood has helped you become the Christian that you are today? Come on. That's why Jesus said, suffer not the little children. Let me tell you something. The little children are like sponges. One encounter, they're going to suck it all in, and they're going to remember that encounter for the rest of their lives. Guess what it's our job to do as parents? Get them, oh, come, get them in a place that they can experience the encounter. Amen? If we could, all across the room, let's stand to our feet. And worship team, as we're singing, if y'all have a need or, or a feeling to go down there, just go down there. But I, I believe that the king of kings is more than willing to do above and beyond anything we can ask or think. Amen? Listen, do I got anybody in here today that can agree and say, sometimes in your Christian walk, you feel like you get a little stale. Come on. Do I got anybody or am I the only one that says, Lord, when are you coming back? Because, Lord, I just don't want to go back, Lord. Lord, I, I know that you got me. I know that you're going to carry me. But, Lord, every day I'm having to fight. Every day is a battle. Listen to me. The key of enduring until the end. Is to grab a box. It may be a penny. It may be a case knife. It may be depression. It may be envy. It may be blessings. When you're blessed, you can even put your blessing in the box. Just like you can take your crown and lay it at his feet. And put it in the box. The way that we finish the race, Trey, is we continue to grab a box. When you take one box, go back to the store, get another box, go back to some more stores, get another box. The key to enduring until the end is to grab as many boxes as you can and to place whatever you have in those boxes and wash Jesus' feet with it. That is how we endure. All across the room, can we close our eyes? I'm going to give two invitations. Holy Spirit. I feel as, Lord, as if I've preached what I'm supposed to preach, Lord. And, Lord, I, I believe that there's souls in here, Lord, that needs touching today from you, Lord. 
even myself, Lord. And Lord, I pray that if there's any lost person in this room, that today they wouldn't leave here the same. 